welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of We Want to Talk About It Now. And today we're doing a spur of the moment, no outline, just going straight into the topic without any fear, mainly because it's something that my guest and I have experienced for technically our entire lives. But as always, before we get into it, Big shout out to Julie Gibson, and I don't know exactly how many kids you had in your family, Julie. I know how many kids you have in the family that you currently have. You had three children. Today, we're talking about the pros and cons of being in a large family. Now, my guest today is someone that you've heard before. Actually, you might not have heard before because this might be a surprise special episode, is my wife, Katie. Her and I combined for a total of 16 children uh, between both of our families. Her growing up experience was definitely different than mine because one, she has adopted kids in her family. Two, she was on the higher end of the spectrum. And by the spectrum, I mean oldest to youngest, (laughs) being the third of, also autistic, just kidding, Um, (laughs) being the third of seven total children, two who are adopted, and I being the youngest of nine children. And the reason that we want to talk about this is because we have lots and lots of humans in the world. And I think that we are, we're not necessarily experts on it, but we can definitely tell you what we liked and what we didn't like about it. Um, I'm, I, I mainly want to start off with, uh, maybe start off negative first and then move to the positives. Once again, no outline. So it's just going to be crazy. Definitely one of the biggest negatives of being born in a large family is kind of getting lost in the fold. And even as the youngest child, I definitely didn't have that problem as much as I'm sure like the middle children of my family had, I being the last child and the second closest child to me was my sister who was four years older than me. I basically had my parents looking at me all the time, my entire time in high school. So they went to all my sporting events. They, I don't know, they were great to me growing up as well. Um, I was very important, but I can definitely see where kids could be lost because nine kids, how, how do you, how do you find a way to give, I don't know if adequate attention is the right word, but like sufficient attention to enough. I don't know how you, Katie, felt about that growing up, especially like having um, three children in the family. Or sorry, being the third of five for a long time and then the third of seven. So I actually was the middle child for like 15 years until my parents adopted two of my youngest siblings. And so, yes, I was forgotten a lot. There was one time I was forgotten at school. My parents forgot to pick me up. Oh, wow. This is getting like real, <laughs> real fast. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that kind of that kind of forgottenness. I just so, meant like giving enough attention to a person. I'm sure plenty of parents have forgotten to pick up their kids, but my, mine did not. So kudos to my parents. <laughs> and I was the only one that went to a Spanish immersion program. So I went to a different school than all my siblings. And so, yeah, they would forget about me or my projects, which was not that, I don't know, I don't hate them for it. Just, that's what happens in a big family. And what happens in a big family is you get put in a Spanish immersion program. Well, no, like you just get forgotten about (laughs) when you go to a different school from your siblings. (laughs) Oh, I see what you're saying. So, yeah, 
I can totally relate with that. And then once I was a teenager, I don't think they uh, forgot about me necessarily. They just would like, I don't know, they watched me even more than I was before. So that was just kind of weird transitioning from like being a child where they forgot about me. And then like once I was a teenager, they would just like watch me all the time. So. Is it because people started like to move out of the house or where they just start watching you just because you were a teenager? I think both. Yeah. Like once my older oldest sister moved out, then they're like, oh, we have more time to like focus on you. But it wasn't necessarily good <laughs> all the time. Yeah. But I, I feel like in a sense, what was nice for me being the last of nine kids is I didn't have to bear like my parents would go out fairly regularly, but I didn't have the younger sibling who could potentially tell on me for like having friends over or having girlfriends over or et cetera, et cetera. And so I really enjoyed that. Like, I guess you could say like my parents forgot about me in that way. Just like, Oh yeah, we're going to trust our 16 year old kid just to be at home by himself and to make, I was going to say the right choices. I never made like bad decisions. Like nothing bad ever happened in my life, but it was very nice to have that, honestly. And I'm on the opposite side where I had to watch my younger siblings when my parents left. So, yeah, they would leave us alone, but I had to watch them, take them to church, and make sure they didn't get into any trouble. And one time, my parents were gone, and my brother fell off the swing. Which brother? Which, like, which? how old was the brother that fell off the swing? Probably, like, nine It was not the adopted one. So it was my biological brother and his head crashed onto the rocks and he started bleeding profusely. And of course, like, I think I was like, obviously he just walked away. (laughs) No, I was like freaking out. I'm I'm underage. If if he dies, I'm not going to go to prison for this. (laughs) That's going to be on my parents. See ya. It'd probably be on me. Um, (laughs) Were you 18? No, I wasn't. So I guess like, you would have been fine. (laughs) So. Yeah, I had the scary uh, older sibling experiences when I was not old enough to take care of my younger siblings, I don't think. I mean, I probably was old enough. I was over the age of 13, but I just didn't feel responsible enough. <laughs> I wonder if I should have had one of my older siblings on this because I bet you it was so so annoying. I know I told them my brothers. I never told my sister because she was never getting into trouble. That's so bad. It's not getting into trouble. She was never doing anything that was against the rules, I should say. My brothers, obviously, yes. And I think I would... I think I got pretty good. Like we have the thing called the brothers code where you're like, you don't tell on, you don't tell on your siblings or whatever. Like, I think I stopped telling on my siblings by the time I was at least eight or nine, you know, right at the age of accountability when, (laughs) when it's not as ideal to start lying. Um, if I had to guess, so if I would have been eight, no, 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 I had to have been older than that by the time I, I would have been like 11 or 12 when I stopped telling on my siblings, but it was just like, I don't know. The thing that I loved about growing up is I feel like it definitely prepared me for like my oldest sibling is 49 going on 50 next year and I'll be 30 next year. He's 20 years older than me. I feel like having an older sibling prepared me to associate with people that are significantly older than me. Like people that are in their 40s to 60s absolutely love me. Now, my own peers hate me but from 40 (laughs) to from 40 to 60 everybody loves me and so that was a huge plus of growing growing up in a in a large family is you just get to experience like multiple generations like my dad's uh, 
what year is it? My dad's going to be 78, so he's two years away from being 80. So I know how to associate. I basically know how to associate with people from the ages of 30 to 80 fairly well. I'm, I'm struggling with the younger generation, which is, I think, fairly normal, even though most of them are my nieces and nephews. But I would say that's definitely a huge thing. That's another huge thing with being in a big family is my oldest niece is turning 21 soon. And so that's nuts. That is crazy. And then all of my, all of my nephews are like, and nieces and nephews are like turning 18, like they're adults starting to live their lives. It's really weird. So I feel like I get that range of like super young to super old because I was just surrounded by it my entire life. And in my family, my oldest sister is Alex's age, which is 28, 29 this year. And my youngest sibling is eight. So you have... And your dad's like the age of my oldest brother. Yeah. Well, he's actually 50. Well, no, I know. I just mean like relative, like close to. Yeah. So we have... I know he's like six years older or whatever, but still. Six years is nothing once you hit 50. (laughs) Just ask your dad. Does he listen to the podcast? I doubt it. No, I don't think he has. <laughs> Classic Ben. So yeah, I I think I relate with children more than I do with people my age, which is sad. But I had to like help raise my little siblings because my youngest brother and sister were adopted. Well, they came into our family when they were two months old and 18 months old. And I was 16 years old. So I had to help raise them. Instead of like going out and hanging out with my friends, I had to stay home and babysit, change diapers, which made me have like a really strong connection with them. Change of their diapers, yeah. Well, I mean, very just... strong connection <laughs> once you change someone's diapers. I, I agree with that. Well, I mean, just playing with them all the time instead of playing with, or not really playing with, but hanging out with my friends. So, yeah, <laughs> changing cool. diapers instead of, well, because you were forced to stay inside and then, yeah, like, The strictness of our parents, once again, I don't know how your parents are going to be once the youngest start growing up. And I don't, because I didn't live it, I didn't have to experience like the super strictness of of my parents. But 100% different are upbringings because of that. And my siblings would tell on me just because they're younger. So they have no idea like, oh, I'm not supposed to tell my parents that I hung out with a boyfriend or snuck out or any of that. So yeah, I had my like... Almost all four of my youngest siblings told on me, <laughs> which that's just what happens when your siblings don't know, understand or know that they're not supposed to tell the parents. So it's another one of the negatives of being part of a big family. If it would have just been like, if, if your if your parents would have stopped at three, it would have been amazing. No, just kidding. <laughs> Maybe it might have been, but like, because uh, that's that's like another one of the negatives that like I think about a lot is like I wonder how much different parenting would be if they had fewer kids in the family. Because the more kids you add, the more stress you add to the parents and the more like, all right, you got to figure this out. Like you have to figure like, you know how you've never had any experience raising kids before? Here's nine of them. It's like the Jim Gaffigan joke. Like a lot of people wonder what it's like to have uh, five kids. Just imagine (laughs) having four kids. Uh, Wait, just imagine that you're swimming. You have four kids and you're drowning. Then you take another kid. It's... (laughs) It's insane to me. Like I'm very like as the youngest child, it's very weird for me to comp- complain about large families. Obviously, because had my parents not kept going the distance, um, I wouldn't be alive. But at the same time, it's like how how do you do that? How do you because each child's different and you treat each child significantly different. Like 
some of my brothers like have like these complaints about my parents that I just don't get. Cause I'm just like, man, it was pretty easy for me. Like, yeah, all of us had our run-ins with mom. Like as far as like, cause she was the disciplinarian. My dad would, my dad has, I love my dad. Don't get me wrong. Uh, He's definitely everybody's in air quotes, like favorite parent, if I had to say. But the reason that he's the favorite parent is because he would just complain to our mom behind our back instead of like disciplining us. And that might be different for each sibling. Like as far as my life goes, it was always, my mom was the disciplinarian and my dad was the cool one who's just like, yeah, whatever. Like, yeah, oh, you got a girlfriend? That's cool. Yeah, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to give you any suggestions on how you should live that life or whatever. Um, but I feel like that can kind of like, it's not that big of a deal. I don't think anyone in my family is like mad about it or anything, but I feel like there's is some jealousy of how easy it was for me compared to my other siblings. Uh, and I don't know if you've seen that yet with your own family. So actually like my mother was the disciplinarian as well. My dad was like the cool, not cool necessarily, but he was like really calm and collected all the time. So he would just, you know, say things to you that were just, I'm disappointed in you, but I still love you kind of thing. And so now that like... I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. (laughs) Yeah. And it was like, I think it hit me even harder. (laughs) Anyways. What, disappointment? Like just the, the seriousness and like the collectiveness that he had was just like saying he's disappointed hurts more than like someone yelling at you, I think. I don't know. That's just me. But no, that makes sense. Anyways. So it's, like, it's totally psychological. It's, it's so much less violent. <laughs> it's very, very tactical. So my mother, I guess she was harsher. And three out of my four adult siblings think that my mother has like ruined their childhood kind of thing. I guess. No. Yeah. Three out of Well, them. I hope your mom doesn't listen to this. <laughs> but on my side... I think of it as like, I wouldn't be the person I am today without her. So yeah, I'm sure there were a lot of things that weren't that great in my childhood, but like, here I am, I'm a happy adult and I have a great life. So I can't like blame my mom for anything. I just have to like get over whatever issues we had when I was a teenager or a child and just form a relationship now. That's kind of interesting because I have a couple of brothers that I know, like there's this weird time in our family's history. And another thing about large families is the ability to hide the truth and hide like skeletons and whatnot and like just put on the face that everything's a happy family and whatnot when in reality, most of them aren't like super, super happy families. Once again, my growing up phase or whatever you want to call it, I have really no complaints. I feel like I got to do whatever I wanted whenever I wanted. Um, but there have been complaints from some members of my family where, where it would be like, oh, I didn't get... They Ultimately, they... You know, like the... Was it the four love languages or the five love languages? Ultimately, it was like they didn't get the love in the way that they needed to receive it from um, certain parents and from certain siblings as well. And then they blame the siblings and parents for how they end up turning out, which is unfortunate. I don't know. I, I, because the only reason I say that is because you have siblings that like do the same thing. And it's hard for me to empathize with that because I have no qualms with how my parents raised me. And so whenever I hear people like complain about stuff like that, uh, siblings specifically, I just think get over it. <laughs> like, f- like figure it out. I, I, 
we had much easier lives than most people. It wasn't like we were getting beaten and raped. It wasn't like, you know, like crazy, crazy, terrible things. Like, oh, like you hear stories of like people that are just like, oh, we got put in a closet and we'd be fed ration. Like our, our, our upbringing was not as, we live in a very cush life. Like it was, we, we had food. Yeah, we had powdered milk. Yeah, we had like <laughs> stupid crap like that, which honestly, I didn't have to experience that much um, because by that time, as more people started moving out, my parents were less and less poor. Um, still poor, but like less poor than they were when they had nine kids in the house that they had to support. So I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of being part of a big family allows people to push blame onto other people instead of, what's the word? Instead Getting over of, it. <laughs> instead, of, or instead of like, accepting the responsibility to change their life. Yeah. And I agree. Like now that I'm an adult, I can decide how I let things affect me and what I will let consume my mind. So like I can get mad at how my parents raised me, but there's no reason to, because I decide how it makes me feel in the end. And, um, I guess like my childhood was a lot easier than some of my other siblings. So I can, I can't compare it to theirs but I know what happened. And so I'm just like, yeah, that really sucks. But we have this, the decision to like make our own lives kind of thing. Yeah. And another, I mean, this is totally a different thing, but saying that I think what's, what's, what's awesome about having a huge family is you, uh, you have, we were talking about this before you have like guaranteed friends. You have the, I am not a big proponent of the, Oh, we're family. So you have to like, I can get away with doing whatever I want sort of thing. But with me, there's nine kids in my family. That's eight opportunities for me to, um, to, a, I was going to say empathize, but it's definitely not the right word. Like to be friends with tons of, uh, tons of different people or like odds are out of the eight people, I'm going to be friends with one of them. You know yeah. what I mean? Which is pretty awesome. I mean, obviously it was difficult being the last child having to, you know, I got, I, I I didn't get beat up. I think a lot of people grew up getting beat up by their brothers. Like there was definitely like pushing, maybe like just a quick jab at me or a lot of hurtful words that were said to me by older siblings. But once again, it's really easy to forgive when you're like kids and then you're just like the adults that you grow up to be and being friends with one another. What's crazy though is growing up and seeing that we have we all get like the best and worst qualities of our parents. It's insane. Like it's insane how many of my brothers are like my dad and they would, I don't know if they'd ever admit it, like complain to their wives or whatever, but like otherwise they keep it pretty like they, they complain all the time to everybody except the person they should be, be complaining to. And that's something I'm trying to work on. Cause I kind of got that quality from my dad as well and just trying to be better at like, I don't want to be my mom either, but like finding that happy medium, I guess. Being honest. Yeah. I love having a lot of siblings because of the friends aspect. Like, I don't think I had a great relationship with my siblings when I was younger because we would always fight about clothes or about who is going to sleep in what bed and whatnot. But like now that we're... Well, because there's only one bed in Katie's household. So <laughs> no, they had to fight over that. It wasn't. We just had to share rooms a lot. I just, I never had my own bedroom until I moved out. Because <laughs> you were the middle child. Yeah. You're, you were like, a, in my family, that would be Nick. If anyone's listened to the 
alternative rock podcast. <laughs> I don't think he. No, he did have his own room. He did. You guys had a big house. We had a we had, like he, but I think he was the person who didn't get to have his own room. In Palo Alto, five like all five of the biological siblings were in one bedroom. I mean, granted, it was a huge bedroom, but that's a lot of kids for one bedroom. Yeah, and just the one bucket to go to the bathroom in, too. <laughs> there were two bathrooms. <laughs> two buckets, you mean. <laughs> Anyways. Sorry, sorry. Four buckets. One for washing and one for the, the <laughs> messes. <laughs> that's gross. We were not that so poor. <laughs> we just have to... No, I know. We just have to make it seem a lot more uh, a lot more terrible than it was because it really wasn't that bad. I think I, sh- I shared a room until I was... Probably like 12. I think at like the age of 12, my brother Aaron probably at that time, who was the third youngest. Yeah, that's probably about right. About 12 years old. Someone would have been in the loft and then we had two other bedrooms. Yeah, I had my own room by 12. I mean, granted, a lot of people, whenever they would get divorced, would like move back into the house. But anytime anyone moved back into the house, we never had to... um we never had to give up our room to whoever was coming back from the divorce or whatnot. So I don't know. I had my own room for a long time. But that's like kind of the weird thing with my family is because of how big it was and because of how many divorces that there were. I was never, I never actually lived at the house ever by my own. There was always somebody else living in the house or in the basement, which is kind of crazy. And they, they honored, I'll tell you what. They honored the brother's code. <laughs> Probably because they were older, but they definitely honored it. I, I remember one time my brother, Sean, who um, was living with his family in the basement, um, came up came up from the basement stairs. And if you walk up our basement stairs, it goes right directly into a loft. And he goes right directly into the loft, and he hears, like, noise up there. He's like, Alex? Hi. And it was my buddy and his girlfriend that were up there. And I was in I was in my room that I had. And I was just like, man, looking back on that, I'm like, I don't know why you guys went into the loft. There's like three other rooms that you or two other rooms that you could have been in if you wanted to. But and Sean did not say a thing. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Like a large family forces there to be a larger house to house all the children. And then as you grow up, um, it really doesn't affect you that much. Like, it's actually a positive thing. Yeah, that is a good point. I mean, my family lives in a big house right now, but there are only two children living at home. So it's interesting going back, and there are just all these empty rooms. And I'm like, what? I could sleep in my own bedroom now that I'm visiting? This is awesome. I've never slept in my own bedroom. <laughs> and then the kids just start uh, going, like, a revolving room policy. Yes. Each, each night a different room. Because yeah. <laughs> why not? Man. I mean, I'm always woken up at like 6 a.m. because of them, but it's just because they want me to make pancakes. I'll tell you what, though. Being part of a big family makes me realize that I won't have one. Like, yes. it's great for the kids, I think. For the most part, it's great for the kids. But it's got to be so terrible for the parents. That's so much responsibility. And money. Money. And time. And love. Oh, yeah, because I think about it so... Minimum, my mom spent 20 years raising children. And then if you add on, like, that's just from, that's just from having kids. So from 1969 to 1989, my mom was birthing children. And then I leave the house by 2013. I mean, I went on my mission. So maybe we'll say 2010. So 
from 1969 to 2010, there was always, obviously I was an adult by that point, but like there was always a child in air quotes in the house. That's, what is that? 41 years? That's a long time. (laughs) Man, that is, that is some dedication and all the amount of like, I do have a grand appreciation for my parents and the sacrifices that they made. My mom once I was in school, worked full-time. Um, I, I'm not 100% sure if she had the opportunity to not work, if she wouldn't have, but she definitely she definitely worked a lot. My dad worked a lot the same. And there's a lot of benefits growing up in my life. Um, I didn't have to pay for car insurance, didn't have to buy a car. I mean, I didn't get to keep the car that they were letting me drive or whatnot, but all I had to pay for was gas. Like, there's just a lot of... Little things that some people might look at and be like, oh, wow, you didn't prepare prepare your child um, for like the real world or whatever. But I don't know. I think my my dad did a good job at teaching us how hard work and whatnot. All of us have a fairly strong work ethic. Same with my dad. I mean, he always worked when I was a child and still is working. And my mom would have to stay home with us. And I think she had, like, part-time jobs here and there, but it didn't really phase me. Like, I would never, like, miss out on hanging out with my mom I honestly or preferred my mom working, like, honestly, especially once I was in high school because I would just – I didn't di- – I ditch class all the time regularly because I uh, got it approved by my teachers in high school. So, like, I went to my teacher and been like, do you really need me to be at this class? Like, it was leadership class, my TA class. And so I really like my mom being at work because I'd like come home from school around 10 o'clock, maybe go hang out with my friends if they wanted to ditch as well at 10 o'clock. And then I did have a job at the time, so I'd have to go to work around two. But like that was four hours every single day that my mom was gone. My dad was at home because of the job that I had. But once again, my dad didn't care. (laughs) So I don't know how much my mom knew about that. But for my entire senior year, I got home every single day at 10 o'clock because I had my TA class. Um, and then I had my leadership class. So I was just like, I'm going to get A's in both of these, which I did. And I don't know. It's, it, I'm very happy for the sacrifice that she made, uh, in a lot of different ways. It's funny that you say that. Cause my mom never let me take less than seven classes and, but she would let me, did you get good grades? This isn't like to like embarrass no. you or anything, but I think, I think I, a lot of the, leeway that I got from my dad was because I had impeccable I mean you when you only have English TA leadership because we had the block schedule like I think you're gonna get a pass from your parents like we're like it's not hard to get straight A's with that I mean she let me like drop out of pre-calculus because I was getting like a C in it but she would let me ditch class sometimes if I needed to babysit my younger siblings Of course, anything to benefit her. Or if I needed to finish a homework assignment because I was busy like previously that week for babysitting. My parents did that. Like, this is like what's interesting to me is like, I don't know how my parents treated like my older siblings very well. I have like, I have their stories and whatnot, but you know, like, as far as eyewitness testimony goes, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that people remember incorrectly. Or whatnot, but I'd be surprised to see. Like, I do know that my sister's always told this story of she was getting good grades, 
her good grades and her friends in her skip class to go and test drive cars. And she mistakenly gave, uh, she says this herself, so I don't feel bad saying this. She's like, it was a stupid decision. I gave our actual phone number. And so the dealership called my dad and was like, hey, so are you interested in the car or whatnot? And so he found out that she and her friends just went and test drove cars. Um, and my dad was like, yep, just don't do it again. Or oh, no, 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 I think it was more like, just let me know where you are. It wasn't even don't do it again. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah just go uh, test drive cars. By the way, spot on impression of my dad. I don't know <laughs> if anyone's listened to the Vietnam episode, but he sounds just like this. Uh, but that's something that I've always really appreciated about about my dad. And then, I don't know. There's just so many stories, too. Honestly, like coming from a big family, so many like you can learn from the example of so many different people like, Oh, I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't do that. I should do this. Um, I can get away with test driving cars. <laughs> yeah. I can get away with test driving cars whenever I want. The laws have changed by then. I'm sure. So I'm, I'm sure my dad would have been a lot more upset with me if I would have done that. Man. Yeah. I mean, I think it's also nice to have like siblings cause you can relate with so many things because you grew up with the same environment. And so you guys can have the same feelings about like, one thing or just like something because we all got sick off of one thing that my mom made. So we're never going to eat that again. Kind of thing. <laughs> or like, I don't know, just little things here and there that you can always go back to, to have stories to tell to each other and to tell your kids or your nephews and nieces and stuff. I would definitely say that your entirety of a family is a lot more closer than mine is. If I had to guess, I think it I'm could close also- with like three siblings. And I try to be closer with the other ones, but it's just like they have their own lives. I have my own life. I don't know. It's just difficult. It might be different though because like the youngest two that still live at home are only like eight and ten. So it might be different once they're older. Then we won't be as close just because there's such a huge age gap, you know. I think you'll always be close with your adopted siblings though because of the – the experience with it though, you know, like you were there when they were adopted, you were the one who was taking care of them. So I think you're going to be a lot closer. Like I know that my sister April took care, like took care of me a lot right when I was born and then immediately she moved to Oregon. Um, but it was a much shorter amount of time than the amount of time that you spent with them. If that makes sense. Like, cause you spent at least five years with them. Whereas, um, I don't remember when my sister April moved to Oregon. I know when she moved back 1998. So, pretty sure she moved like right after I was born so it was only like maybe a year or two but going back to the whole like we don't want a big family it just you and I yeah (laughs) it seems well it's impossible now like that's one of the things I hate about sorry to interrupt but that's one of the things I hate about nowadays is like people can't do it if you want to have a big family you better have rich in-laws or parents yes Every single fa- like large family that I see, guaranteed at least one side of the family is fr- fronting the bill for something. Or they made it, or like either one of the parents made it big in a company. I know that too. Um, no, that's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. you mean oh, like, oh I, like I see what you're so saying. like the, the two parents, the, not the not the parents the mom or the dad, the, the mom gotcha. or the dad of the children. Um, but also, I am 25. If I started now, like, I don't think I could have nine kids. Like, I did not start you young could. enough. You could. My mom started at, I know my mom finished at 46. I think my mom started at 25 then, That's technically. crazy. <laughs> I don't think I could do that, she 40, to be no, honest. No, no, no. She was 43. 
My dad was 49. My mom was 43. The year she was born was 46. That's what I'm thinking of. But every single large family that I see, and that's sort of the reason that I don't think that it's a possibility for us is we don't have rich parents on either side. Which is fine. Which is fine. Um, And I, I wouldn't want to depend on those parents either. It'd be like, hey, can you supplement our rent? Not for me. Yeah. Not for me. Like, I think there are, I, I've talked a lot about this um, as far as like there's an honesty podcast that'll be coming out or you've already listened to. Who knows? Um, that's just not something that I would want from from anyone. Um, but like the way that they, that, that people look at it is like, oh, they're just spoiling the grandkids. They're just spoiling the grandkids. I'm like, no, they're also spoiling you. Because yeah. that's that's a cost and an expense that you do not have to incur on your bank account. And that's huge. Like, could you imagine if like, yeah, could you imagine if like we even just got half of our rent supplemented? That's an extra X amount of money a year, which is huge. And I know some people who don't have to pay rent at all. They're just like, all right, yep, just going to start. We could, if, if, if someone decided to pay rent, we could start popping babies out so easy. The amount of money we'd be saving or, or like, let's say we buy a house, like we put the down payment, like, all right, well, we'll pay your mortgage since you did the down payment. We could pop babies out so quick if we didn't have to pay our mortgage for a year, even little alone, two years, three years, four years, whatever the amount of time it may be. You know what I mean? I also don't think I'd want to be a stay at home mom like my mother was. I really appreciated that she was, but I don't think it's for me. And I feel like in this time, like financially it's not what do you mean this time like uh like 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 the day day and age that we're living in yes it's not always like financially like okay for a stay-at-home mom to just not make any money like i don't know i just don't think i could do it just because i'd be restless and i would want to give my kids more by like providing i don't know more of financial stability kind of thing I mean, not to say that my family was super poor, but it would be nice if they like helped with little things here and there that they didn't help with kind of thing. In our relationship or like when no, you no, were No, no, like when I was younger, like I didn't, I don't know. I had to pay for my trips for choir kind of thing. I had to um, pay for I, girls camp. Like, but that's what's kind of weird good. about it though. No, it's a, like it, it is a good thing. Yeah. But, like, I never had a car to drive because my parents needed the cars. Like, well, we have an extra one. That's not that's not the cardinal sin, your parents. It's not the fact that you didn't have a car to drive. It's the fact your parents didn't teach you how to drive. That's yeah. the sin. Because they only had, like, a stick and a Suburban. And I couldn't learn either. Like, I hated driving big cars. No, you could learn both. They just weren't patient. No, no. Like, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things. I don't know. How like this is gonna sound bad? This, I feel like I don't want to feel like I'm attacking my attacking your parents or anything. But nine out of nine kids in my family by the age of eighteen had their license. How many kids by the age of eighteen had their license in your family so far? Eight uh, of the 18? five of the five that are potential like that that count in that eighteen class. I think. Well, by the time they turned eighteen, I think. It doesn't matter. Is it one? one? Maybe yeah, still, one. Either way, like one or zero is the number that Katie was about to say. That's 20% success rate when my parents had 100% by the age of 18. Um, 
man, that sounds really bad. It sounds like I'm attacking them. I, that's not like my intention, but like that, that's just another thing though. Like you have tons of kids and you don't have time because you have to be giving time to all these other kids. You don't have time to teach them how to do stuff like this. Yeah. And you have to find it somewhere. Or I think it was more of a patience thing. <laughs> like my dad didn't have time. My mom didn't have the patience. So, yeah. There's but. all, I don't know. You can always find time though. I guess like it, the entire time I remember like living at home, I drove with my dad once. Be- like he was trying to teach me how to drive and it was once. I think I drove with my mom twice. And I drove, like my husband taught me how to drive. <laughs> that's what we're getting to. <laughs> so I guess that's kind of embarrassing, but that's what happened. <laughs> and I mean... I don't think that anyone should have that as a... I don't think it's embarrassing. Like, I, I feel like we're getting a little bit off topic. Just yes. a tiny bit. Because like that's I don't want this to be into like, this isn't what... This, these are the things my parents didn't do for me. Or, or whatever. I don't know. It, I think it's more to the point of... Large families are tough, man. Yeah. Like There is so much responsibility that you don't think about. Dental work, deciding if you're going to get braces, teaching kids how to drive, sporting events. You have to pay for people to participate in those sporting events. You have to go and watch them participate in those sporting events. Oh, are you sitting the bench? Like, that's one thing I have to give credit to to my parents. There were some bench sitters in my family. I'm not going to say who <laughs> or who they were or whatnot. My parents went to every single damn game, and I never understood why I had to go and watch that kind of stuff. But I don't know, man. Like, life is crazy, in my opinion. And, and it's I, even more crazy if you want to have, like, tons of kids. And I, I feel like those people that do have tons of kids, like, that's awesome. But I don't think I could ever do it. Like... Because it's going to be great once the kids are grown up. Oh, yeah. Like going to their house. Well, because you have a higher likelihood of getting a doctor, getting a basketball player, getting a football player to pay for your retirement or whatever. I'm sure that I I don't think that is why people have kids. But (laughs) the more kids you have, the higher likelihood you are going to have someone to take care of you. Well, and who's to say like all the kids are going to turn out like angels? Like I think like the, the three oldest siblings in my family, that was including me, um, we were all really well behaved and then like the next two came along and they were just super difficult because they would always cry. They would always like get into stuff and it's like, who knows how many kids you have that are angels and which ones are going to be little hellions. I guess I feel bad saying that, but like it's true that like you can't decide which kind of child you're going to end up with and then who's to say they're going to be like well behaved teenagers or like good people in society later on. And that's really scary, too, because, like, you have no idea if they're going to be... A rapist or a murderer. Yes. <laughs> they're either going to go to the NBA or be a rapist and a murderer. Those are the, those are the, three, those are the three options that, uh, that children have. Although another, like, not going to lie, one of my favorite things about being in a large family, all the Christmas presents. Uh, the more kids that you have the more presents that you're getting from people. But then that also sucks once they start having their kids because you have to buy their stupid children, your nieces and nephews. Sorry, they're not stupid. Then you have to get their, I don't know, you have to buy them gifts too. Yeah. 
It's a double-edged sword being in a large family, I'll tell you. I got so many presents as a little kid. So many. I mean, I I would also get really stupid gifts from people when I was a little kid. I, I, it might have been different for you being like a middle child or whatever. Because it's not like Rachel or Benjamin were getting you gifts, right? Like when they were like one or two or three or four or whatever. No. But when I would like... Uh, since everybody was older than me, here's all the gifts. And it's cool to just have them, even if they're crappy gifts, being able to unwrap presents is awesome. <laughs> like, oh, great. I got this. I got this. I think my, uh, I think my brothers one time got me a, uh, they went in on a gift and it was like a uh, freak. What's that actor's name? A Clint Eastwood movie. Like randomly, I was like seven years old. <laughs> I, I think I think you get to say, "Oh, those were good times." A lot more, but I think I think I also think being in a large family can inhibit your ability to make actual friends too. That's a good point. I can see that. That's like you, you don't make as meaningful and deep relationships with tons of other people, at least in my experience, which is obviously just my experience. So. No, I agree. I think it's difficult to make friends. And of course, like I want to make my siblings like the priority out of my friends besides Alex. But like, what do you do? Do you call your family every Sunday or like do you hang out with some friends, like go to dinner at someone's house? Like you have to make a sacrifice. Like, I don't know. It's hard to keep relationships with your siblings if you have tons of other friends. That kind of goes back to my, my one of my points where it's like I hate that because someone is a family member, there's some sort of deference that we have to give to them. Because 100%, if, if the idea is we have to give deference to every member of our family, you should really just not care about your family and try to get as many friends as you can. Because your family's always going to be there but you're not always going to have friends. But to be able to build up that network of people who can support you, you should be hanging out with friends a ton. That is a good point. Like, oh, great. Now, great. I have a network of eight people who are going to support me as opposed to potentially I could have been having really, really awesome friends who would have supported me or whatever in my life. So it, but I think it's just, it's just you give and take. You got to choose your battles. But I think you don't want to like put your family aside because like at the end of your life wouldn't you want to spend more time with your family or friends i guess it just depends on if your family's a good group of people no it's 100 percent like once again giving deference to the family what if everyone in your families are terrible people not even terrible people just boring you know what i mean like what if they don't have good personalities thankfully um not even being nice i feel like most not everyone in my family, but I feel like most of the people in my family have good personalities, have good um, senses of humor, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, most of them. There's nine of us, so that means at least five. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not going to say who the other four are. But what if you have a big family and like you're like the, in air quotes, black sheep that doesn't get everybody else and everybody else doesn't get you? Then that would suck. Like, oh, great. My family just, I have to go hang out with them. Like, could yeah. you imagine being in like a conservative Christian family and being like a homosexual and automatically just because you're homosexual, just like, oh, we don't really care about you. Sorry. I don't know. Like, I feel like there are obviously they're probably very rare situations, but I guarantee there are situations where it's just super weird. That is a good point. But like, I guess there are lots of differences in my family, but we all get along. And so that's really nice. I mean, 
I think we're all nice to each other. We all care about each other. So that makes it really easy to be friends with my family. And I mean, that's just right now. Maybe it'll be different in like 10 years or 20 years, but. I just want to make a clarification. It was a Chuck Norris movie and it was not purchased. It was stolen from a retail store. I'm not going to say the name because who knows if the statute of limitations has passed or not, but that uh, I've been texting my brothers during throughout this to get some of their opinions on what they think. But uh, the Chuck Norris movie stolen from once again, a retail store. Let me guess. Blockbuster. No, I said a retail store. Is Blockbuster a retail store? No, they sold movies once they weren't were no longer popular. I guess that makes sense. I don't know. I'm too young for that. <laughs> I've lived in, Have I lived on has half my life been Netflix? How old am I? Two thousand four. When do you think Netflix started? I have no idea. I didn't really grow up with a TV. <laughs> well, I mean Netflix started Netflix started in nineteen ninety seven. Interesting. I don't think it got super popular until later on, but what it man stocks at three hundred and sixty right now. People are gonna love this. It, it, <laughs> I'm sure it's I'm sure it's changed a lot since then. Um, do you have any other thoughts, feelings about being part of a large family? Once again, very happy that I did it. I think it's benefited me immensely. But I've also seen people in small families that have benefited immensely from being in a small small family from the attention that they get from their parents and the attention that they get from from the siblings that they have. Like, oh, there's three of us. We have to be friends. Yeah. Oh, there's two of us. We have to be friends. Uh, and so they get a lot closer than maybe others would. I don't think I have anything to add except for the fact that people can stop asking if we're going to have 12 kids. Just kidding. <laughs> Has anybody asked us that? I guess people like people ask don't really me. ask it. I don't get asked when we're gonna have kids. You're not a girl, though. I think it's my decision to make because I have uh, control over my production productive <laughs> control over my body. Who asks you all the time? I get questions at work a lot. You're like, it's, wow, you want me to go on maternity and get how long is it? Eight weeks off? A long time. Yeah, like three months, I think. We get three months off. I mean, if you want me to do it, sounds good. By the way, all you companies that people who don't have kids, you're welcome (laughs) because we're saving you money in having to pay maternity or paternity, Katie and I, and we're also continuing to work for you so you don't have to find replacements for us. And this is not a baby announcement. No, 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 no. As far as I know, it's not. Well, the next time that we have something that we want to talk about, we hope you'll give it a listen. Feel free to like, comment, and continue the conversation by following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud. Subscribe to us on iTunes, and if you are feeling especially generous, leave us a review on iTunes. We prefer five stars, but value the truth more. We plan on keeping this free to listeners forever, because we love you. Thanks for listening, and let's keep being better.
That means it's over. He gonna leave. But I think that's like that's probably where maybe she got diabetes. Why. No, no, no. 